Welcome to the JDLSAT and Admissions Podcast. I'm your host and instructor, Jimmy D of JDLSAT.com. In each episode, we discuss key habits you can master to study smarter and save time to raise your LSAT score and your chance of law school admissions. You got a 173, and did I hear you didn't get to every question? You, you, you indeed skipped some questions. Well, I guess. Or, or, or I, yeah, you made educated I skipped them in the sense that I initially skipped them and didn't answer them, and then when I realized I had, like, two minutes left or whatever it is, I went back and I clicked BBB or something. Like I'm so happy you said this, right, because, you know, one, all right, Important plug, if y'all haven't listened to it, episode three, it's called Skipping is Not Quitting. Skipping is Not Quitting. And I emphasize this, right? But the point I often say to someone, they want to get a top score like yours, like top scorers skip. And they don't always get back to me. Sometimes it's got to be like, ideally it'd be nice if I can go back and give it attention. But if not, I'm going to put down BBB or whatever because Better that, and you can speak to this better than well. Here, let me like better that than than me spending forever on this problem when I could go and get some lower hanging fruit. Is that yeah? Did I screw that up? Or no, I I totally agree. I skip in every section, um, and then I come back to them if time allows. And in a section like logical reasoning, which is my strongest section by far you know, on the actual exam, I, maybe it wasn't quite 10, but it was nine and change nine and a half minutes or something. And I had, I think, I, I mean, this is a while ago now and I was in a pressure scenario, but I think I had like three or four questions that I'd skipped. And so I went back to those first and I had enough time in that section that I can actually answer them, you know, thoughtfully and I can take the time now. And I know I have it because I don't have the rest and this difficult one. It's like, I know I only have three or four really difficult ones. I can take like two minutes on each one if I want. It's fine. And then if there are any flagged ones, I'll go and answer those. And then there are other sections like logic games for me where it's like, I skip a couple and I don't have time at the end, right? But some of them, maybe it's a complete crapshoot. It's a complete guess. And there was one at least on my exam. I remember I had narrowed it down to like two answer choices, right? And I'm guessing, but it's an educated guess. It's like, I, it's like 50, 50. I know one of these is the right answer yeah. and I've narrowed it down. So my likelihood that I'm going to get it right is a lot higher. So yeah, skipping as a strategy, it's not just skipping, right? Like it's, <laughs> it's increasing your odds of getting a, a couple more right and being wise that you're going to get a lot more right actually, because you're not getting hung up on the question and sucking all this time. And for me, it, it's an important strategy on every section, but especially in logic games where I really struggled to get through more than three games, I think why I got through four games mm. on the test is because I skipped when there was a question where I was like, this is a time suck. This is just going to take, yeah. I'm going to have to try each of these to get, I don't see an efficient route. I'd say, I'll just come back to it. I'd move on to a totally different game. I'd say, it's okay, I have my diagram. If I have time, I'll come back, but I'd rather 
diagram the next game, get through most of those questions, then get hung up on this one question. It's just ridiculous. Um, and in the end, I think it was like four questions that I guessed on in that section. And um, one of them was like an educated guess, right? Or it was between two. And I, my goal had always been, I thought I would have to do a perfect logic game section to get my goal score, but it's just not the case, right? I, I guessed on yeah. questions and it worked out. So I think I really believe in skipping around and it took me a while to get, for, to get um, comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. Something that I really had to practice, but by the exam, I clearly, I was comfortable. I was confidently skipping. I wasn't wasting time making the decision. The second I saw it's a little difficult, I said, it's a, I'll come back to it. Yeah. yeah, you know it's this is uh, this is not a visual medium, so listeners can't see me nodding my head. But I was <laughs> nodding my head consistently as you're explaining. I'm like, oh, this is exactly what I'm talking about. It's exactly what I'm talking about. It's so critical. Um, I mean, just a few things you said, like, like so. So one, I mean, I think you were even saying like the name skipping. You know, it's funny. Well, I like to I, skipping. I just want to keep it as simple. We'll call it skipping, right? But largely, what it is is. You're doing the questions on your order. And sometimes maybe that even is a helpful way for people that are having a mental block with it because they, they, there's so many things that they can control. They, they can control, right, like what section you're on. If I'm on games, I can't go back to RC. If I'm on RC, I can't go back to games. Fine. But when I'm on games, I can yeah. do the games in my order. I can do the questions within games in my order. I can leave a game and go start a new one if one question is taking too long. And so you're prioritizing questions with lower hanging fruit first. And so if you're going to run, like, here's the bottom line. If I'm going to run out of time or mental energy or both, I'd rather run out of it on questions that I'm less likely to get right because they're more challenging than on relatively lower hanging fruit. And that's exactly what you did. You prioritized it for each one. Um, I just want to, you know, it's funny, I would say a common denominator of a top scorer, a common habit of a top scorer is the skipping, is doing the questions on your order. I'm so glad you talked about this. And, and the, if I may, I want to bring this back for a moment because you said, uh, I love what you said, right? It's not always comfortable, especially early on. It forces yeah. you to push your comfort zones. Honestly, it's one of the hardest things for me to get a student to do because we, we have this fear. We're like, I want my 173. If I skip, I'm not going to get it. Well, one, you're living proof, and I'm living proof that <laughs> skipping brings you there, right? But two, like, you know, I, we have this perfectionist mentality, but it's like, no, you're better off going to something that's low hanging fruit. But I want to turn it back to you, like, for a moment. Like, yeah, like, how did you push past that part of you that might have initially just felt uncomfortable skipping? Yeah, I mean, I think it was really hard at first. Like, I was a bit resistant, especially in certain sections, um, like in logic games. And so, in in logical reasoning, it was the easiest for me to get on board because mm-hmm. each one is its own stimulus, you know. So you, you feel like uh, you're not really missing out if you skip it. You, you, there's not much investment to get to the question. But mm-hmm. in logic games and reading comp, I really struggled because I was like, but I read this whole passage and. I mean, I can imagine skipping questions within the passage, but I don't want to move to a whole nother passage and I have to reread this whole thing. You know, it got a little bit more hung up and same with logic games. I'd be like, but I'm in the game, you know, I'm in this game. I understand. Yeah. 
if I skip it, then later when I come back, I'll, you know, actually take me longer. Um, yeah, I think, and I don't really have a good answer for that feeling because I think to an extent it's valid when you're starting. I think like there were times where I do feel like my score might have gone down because I was practicing this new thing. I'm learning how to skip around, not comfortable with it, not trusting mm-hmm. that I'll be able to pick the game back up. So I'm like reading through my diagram or whatever, or reading through the rules again. But um, I think that you got to have like a little faith maybe mm-hmm. and trust in the experience <laughs> of people who've done it. Like, like I've done it and it was hard to get there, but like, just practicing it. I think that something that could have helped me that I didn't do is to practice skipping on timed sections. Mm. I think practicing skipping on a full PT, it felt kind of precious. This full PT, like I'm going to get a score at the end. It's going to indicate the progress I made. I want to see an upward trajectory. Right. And so it felt like this precious thing. Like I don't want to mess around with it and try something new that I don't think is my skeptical if it's going to work. So if you're really struggling, that's something I would maybe recommend. I don't know if you'd agree, but maybe feels less precious, you know, doing it on a timed section. Um, than doing it on a full PT, which is how I did it. And it, I just had to um, to live with <laughs> maybe my score going down once or twice. And, but noting it down in our logs, <clears throat> right? Mm. That, hey, I tried this new thing and you know this is how it went, right? Yeah, you know, I'm so glad you said about time sections because, excuse me, another shout out, podcast episode number 40, time sections, which I just put out like maybe a week or so ago. So anyone, listening, check that out. And I specifically mentioned in there basically what you were saying, because one of the, it allows you to experiment without being like, even though I know that these PTs are more than just the score, it's time for growth. We're human. Do I want to cut into my score? If you do a time section, right, you get, you're absolutely right. It gives you that freedom. Hey, I'm not going to see this big number and it's not going to mess with me. So now I can experiment. And a great thing to experiment with on time sections is skipping. And I want to go back to a couple of things that you said, you know, um, even for, I've, I've always said this to people. I really, I might've said it to you. I want to reiterate it. Um, you may not agree with it, but you know, I think one of my fears initially was if I'm doing an RC passage or I'm doing a game and it's like, gee, this question is taking up a lot of time. Maybe I should skip to the next game or skip to the next passage. And if I have time, I'll come back. One of my biggest fears was, but I'm in the game now. I'm in the passage now. If I come back to it later, if I do have time, well, then I have to reorient myself. And uh, you know, and what I found after pushing my comfort zones is I was often surprised about how it didn't, it wasn't as bad for me to reorient myself into that game that I did before or that previous passage. It, it, I was just surprised at how much it came back to me. And even if I did need to remind myself a little bit, one, right, I was having trouble before, so thank goodness I left. I got the low-hanging fruit. But two, and this is more important, like I'll trade off having to reorient myself with now having fresh eyes because maybe I'll see something I didn't see before or look at it the way I didn't look at it the way I didn't look at it before. But I was consistently impressed with how less onerous the process was of me getting back into the circumstances of that game or passage. I don't know if that's something that you encountered. That's a tough one. I, because 
Here's what I would say. I would say that I didn't notice the same thing in terms of like, I did feel like it was <clears throat> more time to reorient myself and that, but I just still think it's worth it. I guess that's nice. where I do agree with you. I, you know, like I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that's reason enough not to skip at all. Like not even close. I would say that mm. there's, there's so many more benefits that it, yeah. that, that, that I just wouldn't worry about that. I'd like, just try it. I would say people are skeptical, just try it. And you'll start to notice what all the benefits are. But, you know, like, like you were saying, you're already struggling. If you're struggling, it's a hard time. Yes. It's like, you have to lose? even if it might take you some time to reorient yourself, it was already going to take you too long. And you could have answered other questions. And so either the end result is you're going to end up guessing on that one. And at least you answered maybe three more in that time it would have taken you to answer that one, right? You, like you were going to end and with, without answering them all anyways, which is what happened to me in logic games. But you made the best of that section, right? Yeah. Or you are going to have time to return to it. And so what does it matter? Like you, mm -hmm. you it, right? Either way you win. You're only skipping if you're thinking, you know, like, this is going to be a problem for me, really. Like, this is a difficult question. I'm not seeing an efficient route to the end. And it might, you might have even spent time on the question already. Like, yeah. that's happened to me. And that's why I ended up taking an educated guess on one of them. Because I spent some time and I narrowed it down. And I was like, I'm not seeing a clear path forward here. I'm thinking it's going to be take me too much time to test these two <clears throat> answers. So I'm going to move on. And... I think that can be the hardest decision to make is having already spent maybe too much time yeah. already on you're invested, right? the whole sunk cost thing. Yeah. You got to be like, hey, let me cut bait. You know, I think like, I'll come back to it or I'll put down, if I'm between two, I'll put down one of them. I got a 50-50 shot. But if I invest good time after bad, then good money after bad, right? I, it's not going to serve me properly. So. Yeah, I definitely think that I got to the point in skipping where I was like, if I'm thinking about skipping, I skip. like, like that, like the time I don't want to waste is time thinking about whether I'm going to skip this. Yeah. That is the worst. Did I, did I share that with you? Because I, I always say that to people. Maybe I did, maybe I didn't. It's not the most original. I'm not going to say it's, but, but like, yeah, like I always say to people, like, if you're wondering if you have to skip, you should it. probably skip. Yeah. You know? And, and like, and there's certain questions that I just got to know, like, I'm going to skip it every time. I'm yeah. not even going to read it. I don't care. Like, logical reasoning for parallel structure, like, parallel reasoning, parallel flaw. Time sinks. I don't care if it's an easy one. I'm skipping it because it's likely not. <laughs> it's yeah, what, if you, what if you, you know, let, you'll be fine. It's easy. But what if you're wrong and it's hard and then you invested this time to figure out what you knew was yeah. likely anyway? I'm like, I'm like, great if it's easy and I skipped it. Then at the end, when I saved a bunch of time to answer yeah. a hard question, I get it right away and then I can check ones I was unsure about. Like, that's actually the best outcome. So, yeah, I think skip great. around, choose great. your own great. order. It's a, it is a game changer. You know, and, and I want to just add, the, the, you know, so much related to what you're saying. The, only thing, the thing I say to people is you never can lose by skipping because – Let's just say if you said, oh, well, gee, maybe I could have gotten, maybe I could have gotten that one quicker. Or maybe if I just gave it another second, I could have. But here's the thing. When you're skipping, 
you're not going to a harder problem, or at least that's not your end goal. If you get to a harder one, you're going to skip back. Yeah. You're skipping to go to lower hanging fruit. So either way, you're not going to lose, right? Oh, gee, maybe I could have gotten that one. Sure, but it's not like I went to one that I spent even more time on. No, I'm going to ones that I could get quicker. That's the point. And so either even if you prematurely skip one, maybe you could have gotten it right. That's a very theoretical right way of thinking about it, right? But you can't lose because you're going to something that is going to be easier to get. And that overall, that's your goal. A um, couple of quick things, because you made me think of some really great things here that might be helpful. I think one of the reasons that people are against it, and I should remember this as a teacher initially, is it's kind of like you're just getting acclimated. Whenever someone's starting out, it's like, I'm just getting acclimated. Do I really want to go that route? Do I really want to? But, but like, if you've been to a place enough times, or if you've driven through a certain terrain enough times, then you're willing to experiment. Then you're willing to take a different route. I think that familiarity can be helpful. And then, you know, kind of what you're saying about a leap of faith, I think one time, sometimes an incentive, right, for a leap of faith is just like, well, if it's not working for me, I might as well try something different. The only thing I would say is, right, just because you're trying something different doesn't mean it's going to be perfect all the time, but you want to stay with it. Because when you first start to skip, it might feel weird. And maybe your numbers go down a little bit just because you're trying something new. But you rightfully stayed the course, and so you got the benefits out of it. Yeah. Or did I overcomplicate? I don't know. Yeah, I think it's, it's good. So I got to ask you, and I, I, you've been very generous. I won't keep you too much longer, but I got to ask you, journaling. So because then just as you explain to our listeners, right, like I always say to people, journal your takeaways after a PT. When I work with a student, I give them a spreadsheet but basically, write down your takeaways. Not, not something for every question. You don't have time for that. But big picture, you know, if I did PT 50, fine. Games, what are my takeaways? What went well? What didn't go well? LR, what are my takeaways? What went well? What didn't go well? RC, right? And then when you BR it the next day, same thing. You know, what are your takeaways? Because that is different. But, you know, I, I always say the students that, you know, I, can't, I take a PT and I got X number wrong and I got this score, fine. Right. But like when I journal things, it forces me to think it through and learn from it. And the students who do it the most are the students, the students who are diligent about it and just always come to me every week with a PT and they've written down their takeaways. They're the ones who move the numbers in the long term. Yeah, I'm not happy with the score today, but what are my takeaways? What do I learn from it? Then we brainstorm and, um, you know, the students that don't put as much into it, they're not making gains the way they do. But sorry for the long windup, but you were always very diligent about that. You always came with comments, right? What went well, what didn't go well. And it obviously worked out for you. But anyway, long story short, I would love any thoughts you have on, on that process of journaling and takeaways. Yeah, I mean, I think I took to this tool uh, easily. Like it felt really intuitive for me because I do think I'm somebody who reflects a lot on my process. <laughs> like, like our tutoring sessions was just like a lot of talking things out, you know, like I, sometimes we wouldn't even like cover that many questions. Like we would spend a long time on like one question or just like checking in about like overall how things are going. That's kind of my style. I think that's what you want. I was trying to work for a student, but that worked particularly. Yeah. Good. That, that worked really well for me because that's, that's how I, I like to process it. Right. Like I'm not just about like, Oh, let's do a bunch of problems. Right. And like, right, wrong, right, wrong. Like I'm like, okay, how does this work? What are, it's like the, what did I find difficult? Right. 
So I really wanted to notice that. And it was great to have this tool, like a place to record it. Um, I wouldn't say I looked back at it a lot. Mm -hmm. Like I, it's not, I don't know. I just think this is important for maybe people who are new to it is like, you, I mean, everybody can use it their own way, but for me, what was really valuable was taking the time to notice how things went and like, think it through. And it's not necessarily a journal in the sense of like, Oh, so I can go look back at it. Like it might be that for some people, but for me, that wasn't really like the main like value, I guess, in it. I was more like taking the time to notice, um, what went on, um, to explain the things, um, yeah, try to make sense of what happened. And then, I mean, I would start to notice uh, trends occasionally um, in, you know, that are besides just the numbers, right? Uh, I would try to note down like the question types, for example, mm -hmm. that I, that I uh, you know, got wrong or that I found difficult. Um, and that helped just kind of target my approach a bit. Um, once I notice a trend, like a certain question type that I'm consistently getting wrong on every PT, then we can talk about it, right? And we can revisit what, what are the strategies, right? What, what should I be doing when I see that question type? Um, so yeah, I thought, I thought it was a really valuable tool. For me, it was really about, I think the whole approach was a bit like quality over quantity. Mm -hmm. um, like I said earlier, like I didn't do a ton of like time sections or a ton of different games. Like I mostly just did a PT a week and a blind review and I just did it really in depth. And I really noticed like what happened on this PT, you know, what did I notice during blind review? What did I still get wrong in blind review? Those were like, key mm. that's something I, you know, if, if you have time, you know, all the time in the world, and you still can't get it, you're missing something, right? Mm. You, like, focus on that. Like, those are the questions I learned the most from by far. Um, those are opportunities to, like, unlock the test for you. And those are, like, individualized insights, right? Because every person, it's not like that's the hardest question on the test or something. That's the hardest for you because you're Great missing, point. Right? Yeah. Um, it might be seemingly, it might be a one-star question, but you're getting it wrong despite how well you're scoring. That's okay. That's a blind spot for you. There are so many elements of this. I'm glad you said that. Yeah. So yeah, that's, I, I guess, how I feel about the journaling. I think it's A plus, great tool. Awesome. Yeah, you know, I, I just, uh, you know, I just, I do want to say like, you know, it's funny because I do it the same way. I don't know if I go back to them as much. Personally, when I was, this is something I did myself as a student. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I'd go back every once in a while I might, right? But it's the process of it is so helpful because it forces you to think if I've got to stop and just think about what went well, what didn't go well, what do I have questions on? It's better than me just, okay, I took this exam, I'm exhausted, here are my numbers, right? It helps me really think things through. And instead of having a hazy idea of what I'm good on and what I'm not so good on, I have a clearer idea. And that self-awareness helps me learn better in the future. And even, even if there's something I've been working on and it went well, right? If I acknowledge it and write it down, then it, it reinforces it in my mind. And so I'm more likely to build on that in the future. But, but yeah, like I don't, again, it's different for everybody. You're absolutely right. Some people might like to go back, 
you know, and certainly the first few minutes with every session with a student, I always take a look at it with them and we, it allows us to troubleshoot. But yeah, like I would say, at least for me as a student, and it sounds like it was for you the same way, the value is a largely, not so much in going back to it, but in the thought, because I forced myself to stop and think this through, it helped me assess things and sort of crystallize them and, and process them in a way, if I'm hearing you right. Yeah. And that reminded me of something that I would say at first when I did the journaling, I would say that it was the most difficult, even though I say I kind of took to this intuitively. At first, it was like I didn't know exactly what to write about, I would mm -hmm. say. But I just tried, you know, and I was kind of like, this is probably crap, you know, you're not writing <laughs> to look good or to sound good, right? Um, yeah, don't worry about trying but, to impress me, I just, yeah. Yeah, but at first I felt this kind of like, oh, Jimmy's going to read this, and you know, like, like, anyways, but I would say as time went on, I started, it was really great because I started, I would notice something in one exam, right, on one PT, and mm -hmm. then I, like, be because I wrote about it, I'd like be thinking about that in the next one. And so then I kind of came up with my own little like, yeah, like criteria that I was like assessing on. And one of them for me that became really like valuable or something I really focused on was like for logical reasoning, I would start to like record my time, <laughs> how much time I had left and how many I had skipped. So like after I had gone through, I would re really just take a quick second to write down like, okay, four, like I see I skipped four and I have, you know, six minutes left or whatever it is, right? And then I would, you know, go and answer them. And, and then I would usually like record that in my, in my notes. And that was just like, I would come up with my own little metrics for myself mm. to kind of like not assess, you know, it's not like a number-based score thing or how well I did oh. in terms of the outcome but you know how well am, am i performing to how i want to do this competing it, yeah right like yeah am i skipping and did it work right so like if i skipped four and i only have two minutes left i'm like i probably should have skipped some more right <laughs> like four looks like enough but i only had two minutes left and that's not to time right whereas there were some sections i you know i'd have eight minutes left and i only have two left to, to go back to it. And th then that would be like, okay, I did, that was great, right? Like, that's what I want to do on test day. Um, so yeah, I think the journaling really helped me cue into those things that were were helping me self-assess, right? It's yeah. just relying on the score to tell you how well you're doing, um, which is just, I don't know, a very gross representation of, of what is happening, right? Like it's, <laughs> I mean, I, I get that the score matters at the end, clearly we're all, all trying to get there, but um, I feel like the key is to find out what are the other indicators of success that, that then we can work on those. Cause you can't really work on a number, right? Yeah, yeah. You can work on timing, you can work on question types, right? So. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like you said, I love what you said. You can't work on a number. Okay, fine. I got seven wrong or I got X number wrong. But when you journal it, then you have insights. Then you have observations that you can work through. And you said something else that really I think is important. It's understated. I think something along the lines of how you approach the test, because it is unique for everybody. Yes, this is the test. And yes, if you do X, Y, and Z, maybe you can get X score. But everyone thinks 
different. Everyone has different experience in life, which on the tiniest level impacts how they appreciate things. And so like that, this allows you to become more aware of how you think about the test. And when you become more aware of it, then you could modify how you think about the test and you engage the material. And yes, you'll never get the same question again, but you will get questions with similar patterns. And now you've thought about it and then you could tweak it and tweak it and more, right? But the, the big thing about the journaling that you're saying, the, the thing that's resonating with me, uh, like that I think you're getting at, right, is like it really forces you to think about and, 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 and engage with how you interact with this test so you yeah. can get the most out of it. Am I off or? No, I think that's right. Like, for example, the timing piece, right? Cool. Like. Timing is something that really psyched me out during the first time I did this exam when I got the 159, like over a year ago. It was mm. like, I saw that little time meter and I was yeah. just like, oh yeah, looking at it, you know? And it, it got to the point this time where it's like, I had a rhythm. <laughs> like I practiced enough and mm -hmm. I journaled enough about my timings on sections that I hardly ever looked at it because I just had this sense. I, I just knew if I was on time or not by the rhythm of how I was going through the questions. And it was different for each section. You know, I had like a specific rhythm of logical reasoning. And I would kind of, I could feel how I was going to do on a test about like if I was in the groove of timing and how I was moving and how quickly I was skipping. I don't know. There's, this might sound very weird to people. But no, no. That's rhythmic going on no, and rhythm i that's exactly <laughs> what's going on in my mind you help it helps you cultivate a rhythm i'm sorry yeah. go ahead yeah yeah no that's that's all like <laughs> an insight for people you, you get more familiar yes again you're never gonna have the same section but you're gonna have 25-ish lr questions and they're gonna <laughs> progress in a certain way and it's kind of like yeah like it's, it's, the more familiar you get with something the more it's like oh okay now yeah. I can, I know myself and I can, I can improvise a little bit, not improvise, but you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm comfortable in pivoting and whatever, right? Because I'm, 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 I'm more acclimated to this yeah. and how I respond to this. Cool. Yeah. Well, listen, you've been really generous. I don't want to take up any more of your time. I will ask you one last thing. Is okay. there anything that we haven't covered that you want to cover or that you think that a student should know, particularly if you could think back to your former self, right, when you were listening to this podcast and you're like, I wish someone told me this, or I wish I knew this. Is there anything that you'd want to share like that or at all? I don't think I have like a new key insight, but <laughs> the like takeaway that I hope people would take from an interview with me about Belsat is just that it can be a positive experience if you let it be and that like, I think I've grown as a person and I'm like more excited actually to go to law school weirdly after doing this, the way that we've done it working together, because um, I do think I've developed some good habits. I do think I've developed discipline, but not discipline in the sense of doing it every day, but of like doing it most days and being able to return to the routine. Like that, that's really helped me grow. And um I would also emphasize like that for me, a lot of why I think I succeeded on test day is that I built confidence too, like through the habits, like building habits, like that mm. confidence and that sense of like, like my story is a bit 
weird. I don't know how many other people have this experience where like they get a 173 after never breaking 170 on a PT, mm. right? Like, but I think part of it was like, I did actually believe that it could happen and not out of like a false sense really of like, I knew that the skills were in place and that it could align. Like I, maybe people won't buy it and they'll think my score is a fluke, but I really did build the confidence that I had the habits to make this happen on test day, even though I hadn't made it happen before, I knew it was just like a matter of time and of things aligning. And um, I hope that other people listening will have that experience. Um, uh, yeah, that just that it can be a positive, a positive one, so. I don't think it's a fluke. And I know it's like, oh, gee, what happened test day? Maybe it was gonna happen on the next PT and then it just happened to be on yeah. test day, but I certainly don't think it's a fluke. I, I think you're spot on and you know, you had the right attitude about this from the very beginning and you were cultivating these processes. And like you said, right, it's just a matter of getting everything together and it worked. You know, and you made you made what's that phrase, you made your own luck. You know, you <laughs> made you made this happen. And uh if you don't mind me adding, it was a pleasure to work with you. It was every I was always looking forward to our lessons. You had the right attitude about it. I like just talking out this stuff. I love all my students, but I do want you to know it's a pleasure working with you, and I'm really proud of you and very happy for you. And I'm looking forward to seeing you get into the law schools of your choice. Thank you so much. It's also been a pleasure. Um, I've enjoyed all of our sessions, um, and thanks for having me on your podcast. Thank you for listening. One tip to use your time with this podcast effectively. Take a look at the list of previous episodes. They're named by topic, so you can prioritize your listening based on specific areas where you need help the most. Again, I'm your host, Jimmy D of JDLSAT.com. Please do subscribe, share these episodes with friends. If you're interested in working with me one-on-one, feel free to reach out to me and check out my website. Again, it's JDLSAT.com. That's JDLSAT.com.